0: Well, good morning. Welcome to our online Sunday gathering. My name is Chris Hyatt, and I'm one of the elders and the lead pastor of Covenant Life Church. I'm excited to let you all know that next Sunday, we're blessed that we're going to get to start meeting again in person at our facility, 10 to 11 on Sunday mornings. Of course, we're still encouraging anyone who is uh, symptomatic in any way or struggling with Uh, this virus in any way, or is in a vulnerable community, uh, to be careful and not be there. Just watch the live stream, because it'll still be available. But we will look forward to being together next Sunday. You have to wear a mask in the building. We will maintain social distancing. We will keep the guidelines that we've had before. And we look forward to being together. So as a church community, we are on day 18 of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And it's something that we do every January, which proves to be very significant for us. We, we take this time to set aside things in our daily lives, things like a meal or multiple meals or certain foods or regular parts of our normal routine. And we set them aside in order to receive something better. We're, we're doing it in faith. We're leaning into God, believing he has more to reveal to us that we can have a deepening sense of his presence and peace in our life, that his healing and power and provision um, may be evident more fully in our lives and that we may receive specific direction on where to go and maybe even correction, which leads to repentance and seeking him all over again. As we've taken this time to seek the Lord and consider all that he has lavished upon us this week, we are focusing on joining him in his mission. What is called the Missio Dei, the mission of God. Uh, That not only have we been saved, but we are also called to participate in God's saving work of others. And we do this by being his witnesses and sharing the gospel, proclaiming the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness and brought us all into marvelous light. This is a really important reality in the kingdom of God, that we're not just recipients of God's redemption, but we are participants in his redemption of others. Not only an object of his mission, but also a partner with him in mission, the Missio Dei, God's mission that he invites us into. When I think about examples of Christians and churches who did a good job of joining God in this redemptive work, I think about a young New Testament church that we can read about, a church in Thessalonica. Paul and Silas, along with Paul's spiritual son, Timothy, visited Thessalonica on Paul's second missionary trip. You can read about it in Acts uh, chapter 16, 17, right in that range. They visited this, this town and the city and attended the synagogue there for three consecutive Sabbaths to present their case for Jesus as the Messiah, which was Paul's tradition. He would go into a city, find if there were any Jewish believers, meet with them, and present to them the case for Jesus. In most cases, those people resisted him. They they did this here in Thessalonica. You can read about it in Acts. And, And what Acts tells us is that because of this ministry, there were a few Jews and a large group of leading women, is what they're called, and a great number of devout Greeks. All of them believed Paul's message, and they were baptized into Christ, thus forming the Thessalonian church. It seems that Paul was only with them for three weeks. Three weeks. The time of our 21-day fast. That's how long Paul was there establishing, planting this new group of believers before the Jewish leaders hired a mob to run them out of town, cause problems for them, really try to kill them if they could. And then those persecutors followed Paul and his team to Berea, which was the next town they visited to preach the gospel. And it makes me think, this must be some kind of demonic hatred to run you out of their town and then hunt you down in the next town too it reminds me that paul and silas ran into this sort of thing everywhere they went just about in fact in philippi the city where they had been before they went to thessalonica they were attacked by a mob beaten with rods within an inch of their life and then thrown into prison Paul and Silas they knew persecution. They experienced it many, many times. Now, I don't want to offend anybody here this morning. I might, but it's not my intent to. But I have to say that what some are calling persecution in our current day is nothing more than a little bit of resistance. I don't think it rises to the level of what Paul and Silas experienced or the beating that Peter and the apostles received in Jerusalem at the hand of the Sanhedrin. And afterwards, those apostles with Peter, they, they all rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name of Jesus. If by chance, if by chance, what we are experiencing today is persecution, then why are so many people whining about it instead of rejoicing? I don't think it really comes up to that level. We may someday experience true persecution in our country, but it's not here right now. And the American church would do well to remember what the writer of Hebrews said. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin. And furthermore, To my knowledge, not a single soul has come into the kingdom because they heard Christians whining about persecution, especially when it's not even real persecution. The American church needs to grow up and start living the true gospel so as to persuade some of those who oppose us to believe along with us. Our charge is to love even our enemies, not fight against them with angst. It's a bit of a pet peeve and you'll have to and forgive me if I've stepped on toes, but I really think that we need to be about what God has called us to be and not be complaining about something that is not. Well, anyway, Paul, Paul goes on in this story to, to really, he was touched by this young uh, Thessalonian church and he wanted to stay connected with them. He loved them so dearly and so he sent Timothy, after they had been forced out of town and were in another place, he sent Timothy to personally assist them. And, and Timothy brought back to Paul a really good report. And we actually get to read what he wrote uh, because of this report. Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica, wrote to them two letters at least, and we actually have them in our Bible. First and second Thessalonians. Now look how Paul begins his very first letter. First Thessalonians one, verses one through three. Now, when we read Paul's letters, if we're not careful, we'll see those greetings and salutations he gives in almost every one of them, and we'll be tempted to just glimpse over them. But we would be doing a mistake. We would be making a mistake. We would be missing really important stuff. It's more than flowery language that Paul uses. He is speaking critically important doctrine to our Christian faith. Paul says in verse three, That he remembers before god and father first their work of faith secondly their labor of love and thirdly their steadfastness of hope all of which are in the lord jesus christ paul commends them for their faith hope and love all while facing persecution and you know it reminds me that paul had a lot to say about faith hope and love like In to the Corinthian church when he instructed them not to get caught up in the euphoria of spiritual gifts, because he said prophecies would pass away and tongues would cease and knowledge would vanish, but these three things would remain, faith, hope, and love, which he goes on to say the greatest of which is love, but that's another sermon for another day. The true Christian experiences uh, faith, hope, and love. And in fact, the whole Christian experience has to boil down to those three essentials. They're the essence of our DNA. They're fundamental to our doctrine. They are central to the way we do life. And Paul says that it's these three things that are being lived out and demonstrated in this young, faithful church in Thessalonica, and they only had the preacher for three weeks. Something got caught by them and not just a teaching that they have to go back to every week to get. Paul remembers them in his prayer and he says, I remember your work of faith. Now, This isn't work that produces faith. It's work that's the result of faith. Like like the writer of James said, I will show you my faith by my works. Faith is, is just not merely belief, it is something that changes us, that works into us. So we can look at what we're doing, our works, and tell where our faith really is. And then Paul says he remembers their labor of love. That that word labor, it seems hard. It's work. It's intense, but it's all done out of agape love, the kind of love that that seeks the welfare of the other person, that serves willingly and gladly with joy. You know, when my wife labored to give birth to our four children, there was definite labor, but it was all out of love. And finally, Paul says that he remembers their steadfastness of hope. That that word steadfastness is also translated patience with perseverance. It's the kind of patience that keeps on keeping on. Rock solid hope, even in the face of opposition, not simply wishful thinking, but remaining assured that what Jesus promised will come to pass. And so this church is walking these things out. They're walking out what they had received from Paul and Silas and Timothy and, and though it hadn't been long, they got the Holy Spirit. They got salvation, the indwelling Christ. They got the lavish gifts of God. And now they are walking out in their work of faith, in their labor of love, and their persevering, patient steadfastness and hope. Look how Paul goes on to describe them. Verse 4 For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. Their reputation was speaking for itself among believers and unbelievers alike. And they've become imitators of Paul and Silas and Timothy and of the Lord, which... Quite frankly, becoming an imitator of Paul, Silas, and Timothy, and the Lord may be the clearest and most organic picture of making disciples given in Scripture. That's why Paul said, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. That's what discipleship looks like. And and look at the example that Paul gave to them, what he showed them what they needed to imitate. Over in second, uh, the second chapter of 1 Thessalonians, he says, for we, me and Silas and Timothy, we never came with words of flattery. As you know, nor with a pretext for greed, God is our witness. Nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ. No, we were gentle among you. We were like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves because you had become very dear to us. This is so powerful and gives us what we need to imitate. This is how we live the mission of God. We not only give them the message of the gospel in word, we give them our own selves. We break off who we are as if breaking a loaf of bread and we start sharing it, pouring ourselves out as drink offerings, trusting God to somehow through his Holy Spirit, plant something in someone's heart and they hear the message of freedom, and then they themselves come and imitate just as we are imitating who Paul is, Silas is, and who Jesus is. Paul and his team weren't using flattering words. They weren't driven by greed. They weren't seeking glory. They were gentle and affectionate, desiring the best for these new believers, caring for them, like a nursing mother takes care of her own children. And and Paul and Silas and Timothy not only shared the gospel with them in word, but they shared the gospel with them from themselves. When I, I think about how Paul remembers this church, I have to ask myself, how do people think about us? How do others remember me? Think about our church, feel about the larger church. Do they remember our work of faith, our labor of love, our steadfastness of hope? Are we proving to be imitators of Paul and scripture and our own spiritual fathers and mothers and of the Lord? Are we an example to all believers and unbelievers alike in Gwinnett County, in the Atlanta area, around this country? Does our faith speak for itself? Are we gentle, affectionate towards those who are yet to believe, desiring the best for them, loving and praying for them, even when they might oppose us or speak ill of us or hate and despise us? Aren't we called to be different than them? Do we offer ourselves to them, sharing with them our very lives, even as we speak to them the gospel of Jesus Christ? What this Thessalonian church did on a daily basis, we are called also to do. We, as the church of Jesus Christ, we as a portion of his church, Covenant Life Church, here in the greater Atlanta area, we are called to work in faith. We're called to labor in love. We're called to remain steadfast in hope. Imitating the ones who are discipling us as we imitate the Lord himself and sharing with everyone we meet the gospel of Christ, both in word and deed, even as we share with them our very lives. This is my prayer for us as we come to the conclusion in just a few days of our time of prayer and fasting, that the things that Paul could say and remember and pray for this church in Thessalonica could be said and remembered and prayed for us. May this be what they say. May this be our mission to others. May the world know through us and our lives and words and everything we do that God sent Jesus and He has loved the world just as He loves the Son. Amen. My wife, Donna, is gonna come. We're going to take our time to just pray for you and then we have a few other special guests that we're excited to visit with here in just a moment.
1: In the second Thessalonians, in the message, I thought that this passage so clearly defined what you were saying at the beginning, that what we're experiencing is not persecution. Um, he says, uh, Paul says in, these, in this part, Uh, Second Thessalonians chapter two, verses three through five, God tested us thoroughly to make sure that we were qualified to entrust with this message of faith, hope, and love. Hmm. And he says, since we've been put through this battery of tests, you know that we and the message are free of error, mixed motives, or hidden agendas. Wow. I feel that this fast, starting with who is God, what has he provided, and then this week, what does he want us to do with it, it's part of this testing. If life is, is pressing you right now, it's not persecution from the enemy. It's possible that it's God testing us to ensure that we are fit carriers of the message, that we are free of error. Free of mixed motives hmm. and hidden agendas. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be my prayer for us this morning.
0: That's a good one. I like it. Let's pray.
1: Father, thank you that you love us enough to allow us to join you in the work. Mm-hmm. And to deal with the mistakes that we make and the willful sins that we commit and to Bear with long-suffering our growing-up process. Mm -hmm. Father, thank you that you can test us until the message and our hearts are free of error, mixed motives, and hidden agendas. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the clarity and the purifying work of the fast that we've been in. But we don't want this to end when the fast comes to an end. We want this testing, this work, this preparation that you're doing in us individually and in our community as a whole to continue so that we are worthy of your call to be ministers of reconciliation yes. and to minister faith, hope, and love, not just their ideas, hmm. but in reality in our hearts, in our lives, and the choices that we make in the relationships that we build. Yes. Father, only you are able to bring us all to this maturity, to this completeness and perfection. Mm -hmm. And so we submit ourselves to you, individually and corporately, Mm -hmm. that you would have your way Mm -hmm. and that your will would be done.
0: Lord, we want to be useful in your hand. We want to be faithful servants to the most high God that we serve who has saved us but we wanna be true to serve you in our own generation. And I pray, Father, that you will help us, even as we're concluding this time of fasting, to continue to see you at work and join you in it, to be a part of the mission of God, to not only be those who've received salvation, but those who work towards and pray for and even participate in the salvation of others. Lord, we wanna be known as a people who work in faith, who labor in love, and who are steadfast in the hope of Jesus Christ. Help us to be known as that kind of people in this day of, yes, opposition and challenge and difficulty and and not knowing what will happen, but have we ever other than what you would provide? So Lord, help us in this season to be looking at Jesus and working in his world, in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So as a part of really our church community is uh, the very amazing group of Boy with the Ball. And the global team is a part of our church um, here. And they're such a blessing, each of them individually, because they do so many things around the world, really, and equipping teams and helping uh, really love cities around in many different nations and I just wanted to take a few moments this morning to have them share with us today some of the opportunities that can help us move into God's mission. Um, it's not that what they're doing is the only thing we'd be in as a church, because quite frankly, what the most important thing we can do is go next door and love our neighbor, get to know them and see what God would do. But what Boy with The Ball is doing on a weekly, regular basis uh, and many of the opportunities they're going to talk about in just a minute, Jamie and Anna and Joey and Molly, is they're helping us get equipped and be trained and to overcome our own little insecurities and struggles and and be grown up into a way that we can love and be a part of God's mission. So, Jamie, why don't you share with us and take over in what we're going to discuss right now? Well, thanks, Chris. Thanks for the message today, too, and uh, for your prayers.
2: Um, they they impacted me pretty deeply i um i think we have such an extraordinary opportunity as a church by the way that god has layered in the leaders on every level you know we participate in the zoom in the zoom meeting because of uh, the gifts that god's given scott and his crew and we all team together into this big mission and it's great sometimes the enemy attacks us and we feel like this group's doing this or this group's doing that and that's always been the way the enemy is the accuser of the brethren but Chris's leadership and the elders, they've led us to a place where we've kind of gotten past, you know, those pieces. And we're just growing together. And it, it is the fact that you do have this a team that works around the world that are part of our church. But really now it's been all of us together. Uh, Chris's trips to Kenya and Roger's been to Kenya and uh, uh, so many different ways. Uh, Donna was with us in Costa Rica. And then even in efforts that go beyond um Uh, boy the ball with um, hidden treasures in Costa Rica and KMTI in Kenya and it goes on and on and so we as a church we have given so generously Uh, we have impacted leaders and received leaders so this is our work together and sometimes it's Pauline where we're going out and extending it into other places and sometimes it's more the kind of stuff that Peter and John and James did where they were right here in Jerusalem so this is our Jerusalem so um, great job and it's exciting Uh, One of the things that Chris has been talking about and that we're committed to throughout this year is the focus on being disciples. And I think in talking about missional opportunities this year, it's great to frame it from the point of we're really committed to not just having a group that comes and sits in an auditorium as Christianity, and, and Chris has demonstrated that through his messages week after week, but really in all of us being committed disciples who are growing closer to him each day. And that's the gift of it. And the reason Chris would push us toward it is that you get to be with him. And, and that's the, that's the hope. That's the glory of Christianity. It's, it's Jesus. It's we're with him. He's changing our lives. He's speaking into our hearts. He's healing us. So what's kind of great is what Donna was just mentioning, maturity. Maturity is when we get to the point where our following of him is less about him meeting our needs because we're starting to overflow. And it's more about us joining his heart. And starting to care about the things that he cares about. And if you wonder about God's heart, Father's heart, uh, it's demonstrated in that he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son um, for them to have life. So when we start to see these things, Chris is talking about missional life. And it's why it's so cool. That it's towards the end of the fast that we're talking about this. The more our hearts get online, the more these things just start to happen. And, and as Chris said, you yeah, have first with neighbors and, and classmates and co-workers and uh, you know, public cashiers, but then, but then also in some more focused efforts. So um, one of the cool parts about this and one of the neatest reasons that Jesus could accomplish his mission without us, he's, he's all powerful, but when he invites us into it, we grow in ways that we just don't grow when we're not out there on the playing field. We, we need to hear his voice or it's weird. You know, um, and sometimes it's weird anyways, but we get a little better and a little better. We have to stay close to him or what do we have to offer? You know, and most of the time our hearts get a little bit cynical and burnt. Um, we we have to learn how to follow him, even when it's uncomfortable. We have to start to come closer and closer to what is uniquely the way he moves through my life. And we have to see the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's that's the trick. We're not doing this just for them, <laughs> though that is a part of it. He's drawing us into going on mission with him together because there's spice and it's fun. So um, as a church, these are our identity points more and more. We're getting better and better at this. And, And often the weird part is the first steps are where we stumble and we can feel like, oh, we run home and we're not going back out. But You gotta be kind of bad at something before you can be good at it. And you have to go through kindergarten and third grade and sixth grade before you become a 12th grader. That's the secret to learning language, by the way. And that's the secret to doing your job and it's the secret to anything. Can you be humble? Can you suffer, first of all, the affliction of the fact that they're mad at you because you said it weird? And then can you actually get to the point where you, we say the words he's giving you to say. So uh, today we're just going to present a few really exciting opportunities over the next few months that you can be involved with alongside what your home group's doing, alongside what you're doing in your own life. And um, some of these opportunities are to pray, some are to come, some are to come a lot, some are to come a little. But we'll start with Joey.
3: Thanks, Dad. Uh, it's great to be with you all today. And I'm excited. Um, Molly and I are excited to be speaking to you all. We're excited also to see you guys in person next week. Uh, and uh, I'm going to just talk about Love Your City, the walkthroughs that we do on Saturday mornings, um, and everything that goes within the Love Your City category. Uh, Love Your City is our missional going into different struggling communities and just really loving um, and going in and seeing where the community needs are and then finding ways to serve within it. We here have uh, launched into a neighborhood that we call the Sarah Court Community, which is two apartment complexes that share one leasing office off of Jimmy Carter and Singleton, and it's 272 units and over 1200 people. Um, and it's a largely Hispanic, uh, community, um, that's pretty low income. And in the process of us being there over the last almost four years now, um, we've come to be known by the community. And many of you guys have been part of that as we go every Saturday, um, with groups of volunteers, of team members, of many of, uh, Many of you all. Um, and we have just gotten to know every person in the neighborhood to the point where uh, in the beginning we're coming in and we're just asking for friendship and uh, if they would be with us as we fight for the young people in the neighborhood. But in the process of it, we've gone to the point where um, where they're throwing surprise birthday parties for Jen Gomez and where they're uh, um, come in, many of them have come into the youth group and have started to experience real life change and meaningful relationships with Jesus in it. Um, so the opportunity there is plentiful. We've seen uh, yesterday we had uh, Pastor Chris and we had Judy uh, and we had my grandma Lita there. Um, and to the point where Judy's coming, she's, uh, she's bringing lasagna. to a woman in the community that she's gotten to know. Through participating in the ESL classes that are led by Katie. And I think the Chens have been there. I know Alba Luisa has been there. Uh, And it's just an incredible opportunity to plug in, really. However, um, the whole point of Love Your City is it's not that we're coming and we're bringing a specific program, it's that we're coming relationally, seeing where the relationship flows, seeing where the Holy Spirit takes us, and coming into that. For uh, some people, it will be uh, coming into walkthroughs and getting to know all the families. And that is incredibly important in helping the parents navigate through finding jobs, through through different immigration status pieces, through um, uncertain finances and praying with them. Some people will be coming on Saturdays and helping weekly in the tutoring center that's led by Rebecca and Pete and Priscilla, um, and getting to know and be consistent with a with an 11-year-old, and you might feel uncertain about your capability for math, but I promise that you're good enough for fourth grade math. Um, Maybe not me, but I promise you guys are. Uh, And then uh, some, it might be coming to ESL classes. It might be participating in all kinds of different ways. Uh, A lot of you guys uh, were able to participate in the Fiesta at the end of last year, and we talked a bit about it uh, towards the end of the year. But the things that Um, the non-singers do to participate or Mike and Amy Sweeney are there as they're serving hot chocolate and just smiling at people that's life-changing stuff and so um, it's been incredible uh, additionally just seeing how it's then even led into the growth of the youth group um, where the youth group uh, at this point is about 20 young people and uh, has gone to the point where we had to call on reinforcements and Bill and Nancy and Josh and Emily have joined in um, and Ollie June, Luna and Rooney, who are really the um, the ones who are packing punches for us. Um, and so there are all kinds of opportunities to get involved. Uh, the bigger thing that I have found in my experience is I am challenged to grow uh, in it more than probably, uh, I, I probably feel like I get more out of it than I'm giving. Um, but I think that's the, those are the kingdom economics that are going on. So. Um, so uh, those are the things I'd say. We're expanding to a second community, and that just means it's more people to care for. Uh, so we'll launch into a, a community that's catty corner to the one we're currently in uh, in about around March. So um, so that there's a whole new community of people that we get to be involved in and see how Jesus leads us into caring and loving them. So
2: great, Molly. Would you share a little bit with us about Berkmar at Velocity? Mm-hmm.
4: Um, Berkmar High and Middle Schools are the um, two schools we work at in Lowburn, and they are very large, very diverse schools, and that's actually in large part why we were first involved and first asked to be part of um, of helping care for the Berkmar community. Um, from the very first moments that we were there, um, that our church has been a key part of it. There's these great pictures of Sam Chin in the very first um, training semester, um, all the way through the. This is our what would be our third or fourth year at Berkmar. Um, And all the way through this last year where we had um, the Reeps and the Latonis who involved their whole family in being part of um, Velocity Berkmar. And Tim Yoder has made an incredible sacrifice to be part of our um, Velocity team and to teach and to love and to care for our students. And so um, our church is no stranger to Velocity Berkmar. Um, We have been a part of the school through a lot of different seasons and a lot of different things. Um, this current season right now, we've, there's different things we face. Um, We are not currently allowed to be in the schools due to the pandemic. And so, um, and the school is undergoing some different changes in leadership. And so as we face those things, what we could really use for Velocity Bergmar, the opportunity that we have as a church is for prayer. Um, Prayer for the students that we currently have relationships with, um, prayer for how, how they'll do in school and that they, won't face um, and for the isolation and the different things that they face um, and being online or being less connected in school. Um, Prayer for Breakthrough where um, with the leadership and with the different um, parts of staff at Berkmar where we would be able to have strong relationships of trust and um, where we help each other. Um, And then just very practically prayer that we would be able to go back to Berkmar and be able to be more present in the school than we currently are. Um, There's different opportunities like translating um, that we still do for um, Berkmar, But right now, the big thing that we're asking for um, help with from our church is prayer for the students and for the school and for what the Lord will do with us in the future.
2: Thanks, Molly and Joey. Um, that's exciting stuff. And that's down in Norcross and Lilburn. But now, one of the things you're starting to see the Lord do is draw us closer and closer to where our church is in the area around the church. And so, Anna uh, is going to talk to us a little bit about what's happening around Central Gwinnett High School right in downtown Lawrenceville.
5: Good morning, everyone. It's wonderful to be with you. And like Joey said, I'm excited to be in person again next week. I feel like it's been a long time since we see the 3D versions of each other um so a couple other things i'm gonna it's exciting to talk about lawrenceville um in a lot of ways because it's i think i was and correct me if i'm theologically wrong but jesus said go make disciples into Judea, samaria into all the ends of the earth and it feels like this is our samaria together the lawrenceville it's our collective neighborhood so all we're all like getting to know our neighbors and um in our jobs and different things we're reaching out our families are an important part of our mission then this is something that is getting closer and closer to home in our collective neighborhood um the lord uh last week said something to me that was very helpful it's very basic um but i think the older i get the more i realize the the kingdom is simple and so i need the simplicity and the the basicness of what the lord's saying but he said it's not what you can get from people what you can give and in giving you'll get like Joey referred to the kingdom economics and it's been very helpful lately um, just for me but as I'm thinking also about Lawrenceville it's been uh, really neat because we um, have probably since about two years ago been thinking of Central Gwinnett High School that's right in the middle of Lawrenceville and Lawrenceville um, in, and where our church is in a really neat way we're right in the middle of Gwinnett County Um, kind of in the heart of it all, Lawrenceville is the biggest city. So we've been talking about Central Winnet, but there hasn't been um, some of the openness. I think there's even been some resistance. And so in this past year, and as COVID has um, particularly happened, I think it's highlighted um, for all students. But then specifically Central Winnet has been watching what's happening with their incoming ninth graders. Um, So and it's a pretty dire situation. So they have a group of 500 freshman students. Half of them are failing at least one subject, and 100 of their students are failing all subjects. And then um, they've done some work as a school to narrow down to about 25 students that they feel are most at risk of not making it to 10th grade. Um, But as part of that and in what they're facing, they have... Uh, us along with several other groups and churches in the Lawrenceville area have pulled us into kind of a working group together to say, how can we do anything possible to help these students, help these families in the school? And so where there was resistance before, now it's like the Lord has opened a door to our, to our church, to our, to Boy the Ball, to a lot of other churches and groups in the area to say, come in, like, help us, please. Like, here we are. And, um, So one of the neat parts about that um, is that they are, and like Molly said, schools right now are not having you in uh, just because of where things are with COVID, but they're making an exception. And they're saying our situation is so much what it is, please come in physically and be with our students. And so they are, we're launching along with them, a new velocity program at Central Gwinnett High School. And this semester will be training ninth graders um and so we will begin next friday the 29th of january and anyone is welcome um to come so i think if you're interested in doing that or being part of the velocity team like molly was talking about uh, please talk to molly or any one of us um we'll be recruiting next friday on the 29th in classrooms getting to talk to these ninth graders and um and then We'll probably do that for a couple of weeks and then in about three weeks the third week of february will be beginning a, approximately a 12-week training that will happen thursday afternoons after school for about an hour and a half and um this training is pretty neat because it takes students um, puts them in a situation where you're and you're talking to them about being leaders and about what they can do and I mean, it's the same thing we were just talking about in in giving, you'll get. And so it's, it's bringing that kingdom principle right into the high school, um, but then giving them vision, too, for what their life can be just beyond kind of what's happening right now and where they are. So we're very excited for that and um, grateful that the Lord has opened the door and the opportunity.
2: Thanks, Anna. Um, the final piece is uh, kind of an exciting thing that will take place, um, I believe it is on the 6th, is that right? The 6th of February, where Central Gwinnett identifying those 25 um, students that are really in this, in this struggle have also kind of connected out with community partners, including several churches in Lawrenceville and some other groups as well, like uh, Georgia Center for Opportunity, which is a really great organization. Um, but they've basically said, what else can we do? And what we're going to do on the 6th is meet at 11 a.m. at First United Methodist in, in, in Lawrenceville and go through. And we'll have a group of people that will split into seven teams where we'll be trained for about an hour. And then we'll go out for a few hours to be split into teams where each team will go spend time with three different students' families. And it really be unintimidating. Hey, we know, we heard that Central Gwynedd thinks that you're really key to the future. And so we just wanted to see if there's a way that we could be a supporter or friends to you and um, and, and see where you're, how are you doing in school in general? How has it been with COVID? And then what are your dreams? And then we'd love to get to the part where you text us and call us, but we'll be back every few weeks. And so then those teams would follow up every three weeks. So there is an opportunity for us as a church. It is a little bit of a higher level one where it's one where you really do want to be able to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. If you're if you're thinking that coming in is just coming in and sharing all the things you've always wanted to share in your heart, this this isn't quite that. This is a little bit more of a uh, missile strike than just a uh, dropping a whole load of, of of what's been in your heart your whole life. So th- those are fun though. And so if you're interested in this or any of the other opportunities, you know you can contact any of us or or the church or Chris, and uh, we're just so excited to see what God will do with us this year. Uh, with that, uh, Chris asked if if um, you know Anna, would you pray for us in these things.
5: Jesus, thank you for what you've done in us, Lord. Um, we, it feels appropriate to sing about your goodness so much this morning because you are so good. And um, you've done so much for us. And so I pray that, Lord, as we're talking about being missional, it would be an overflow of your goodness, um, Lord, of what we're receiving from you. It would flow out of us to everyone around, Lord, our families, our neighbors, our coworkers, our neighborhood, our Warrensville, and then to the ends of the earth. But, Lord, thank you that it comes from you and the source is you. So we look to you for your help also, and we're so grateful for all that you're doing and all that people are doing where there's, we mentioned some people, but there's so many people that we, and there's too many to mention even in our church and the way that you're drawing us all together in your mission. We're so grateful. And Lord, we ask for your help in this next part of your, um, what you're calling us to. And Lord, a, a big adventure and this big mission with you probably requires different ways of doing it than we've done it before. So we ask um, like, As Paul said, Lord, the renewing and transforming of our minds, of our lives, Lord, that Holy Spirit, you would flow through us and you would teach us new ways of doing this together, Lord, of living out your call and where it's not in words, but it's in deed and it's in our actions and it's in um, the small things that matter to you, Lord, and the small things of every moment, but then that lead to these big things. So we, Most of all, Lord, thank you for your goodness and then ask you for your help as you lead us into this.
0: Amen. Well, as you can see, there are tremendous opportunities before us. There is not enough time to be frustrated about what we see all around us because the work is too great that is ahead of us. Um, I'm reminded of this scripture. Pray the Lord of the harvest would send laborers for the fields are white unto harvest there is so much opportunity you may not can go can you love your neighbor can you go meet them have coffee with them see what the lord will do you may not can uh be there on friday or on saturday can you give boy the ball could always use financial contributions to make all of these things happen could you pray and then there are those that can go and as we've evidenced you don't have to be a certain age You can be whatever age. The Lord will use us if we will be willing to step into his mission and may that be what we do. The Lord bless you. We will pray on Wednesday night during our Zoom prayer meeting, concluding our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And again, I say to you, if you haven't joined in, you still got three days, come on, it's great. You're gonna hear God, you're gonna sense his moving. So come on and be a part of what God is doing with us. And then we will see you next Sunday as we gather together on the Lord's day. The Lord bless you.